coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. I watched um, condensed, so yeah. Monday was tough. I didn't step. But I was I was surprised you stuck with the Steelers for that long. I'm not going to lie. If it hadn't been for the fact that we didn't have three scores against us in the first three drives. I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then going up 7-0, I thought, well, now I'm going to have to stay up for the whole second half, assuming we don't get the Chiefs just completely torching us, which then they proceeded to get to 21-7, I think it was, at halftime. Mm. Even if it had been 7-0, I was going to bed. It was like a record playoff record, wasn't it? Of like three TDs in under 10 minutes or something stupid like that. Yeah, number of punts in the first quarter probably too. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> It was, but also I quite like a game like that. It's really scrappy and a bit strange. Yeah, but it wasn't good yeah, quality scrappy. That was the <laughs> Oh, no, it's just it was just like... Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Patriots Seahawks in the Super Bowl. It was more like... Yeah, Patriots Rams. Roethlisberger yeah. misfiring by about eight yards a pass on those first... He had some points. drops, though. Come on. Yeah, great. But he also had some wildly inaccurate misses as well. But some of them also looked like the receiver was just not on the same page. Like the one to Freemuth where he... Freemuth turned it up the 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 uh, on the inside rather than going towards the outside. That's where Ben put the ball. So clearly there was a miscommunication. Deontay Johnson clearly can't catch the ball well enough. He needs to learn how to catch the ball better. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah, just, I mean, I, I wouldn't judge your receiving core too much, like from this. Well, I mean, season. it's not like it's... interesting to see what they do next year with a. Real quarterback. But drops are drops, though, Dave. Mason Rudolph's not real. He's imaginary like Santa. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be Derek Carr now, Ollie, I was saying. Not going to be Derek Carr. It's going to be Derek Carr. They're going to go for Derek Carr. You want Derek Carr, Joe? No. No. Derek Carr still, would be still better than Russellberger with you no do, you do, you do, uh You do well with Carr, I think. He costs too much. He'll cost too much for what we need him for. He's not good know. enough for the money. No, no. He won't cost as much as Russell Wilson. And that's fine. I would rather not have Russell Wilson either. Who do you want? I don't uh, want to see him cooking. Who do you want then? I don't know what I want anymore. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't All know. Right. I'm what? out. I'm giving up. Why? Well, hang on. You it. don't get to give up on your team. You've won like, Spit in the face of the multiple Super Bowls. You literally are the worst memory. bandwagon jumper offer in, in the history of... No, you're I, like, you're I, like I, a Patriots fan suddenly supporting the Bucks. I don't think... They're not real people. That. Those are cool bots. Um, I I have yes. no real idea of what's going to happen with the QB position of the Steelers next year. I don't know if they'll have a chance to draft anyone or if anyone's worth drafting, bearing in mind the the draft next keeps seem to say that there's not a great deal of QBs in this draft. Yeah, but it's a lottery, so you could pick up a sixth-round QB and he might be a Hall And he might turn to be Tom Brady. But it's, it's hard to say, of course, isn't it? I mean, in terms of people who are potential free agents or people to trade for, again, I... Would like to see the Steelers not try and break the bank and get someone who they're going to have to pay a huge amount of money, much like they've had to do with Ben and pay him a lot, which is absolutely fine. It'd be nice to try and find a younger QB, maybe through the draft. Doesn't need to be paid that much. You can like try and Mac load up Jones. around him. Maybe a Mac Jones who like is not like fireworks initially, but could be good with yeah, the right coaches. I mean, if you want to go for like a hometown kid, Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh. 
would be an interesting person to get to play for the Steelers, bearing don't, in mind don't that... Don't bring sentimentality and stuff into it as well. I can't. No, I know, but it's just, it's sport. it's one of those, but it's much like they should have just kind of, you know, drafted Dan Marino when they had a chance because he was also from Pittsburgh. Um, but it's, it's going to be an interesting season in transition. They're talking about, of course, Rudolph and Haskins being there. Apparently Tomlin likes Haskins, so maybe Haskins is the... The little dark oh, horse. Maybe no. he's not. Come maybe on. he's not the great coach we thought he was, Mike Tomlin. If these are the decisions he's making, <laughs> he's just Adam he's just a Hall of Fame coaching career in one swift. Judgment. It's like we said though. It's like we were saying before. Don't know. Right, though, that like if um, Tomlin's just one of these coaches now. He's been around long enough, and he's just testing himself. He's like, oh, maybe I maybe I could have a winning season with Dwayne Haskins. I'll try that out. <laughs> but yeah, then I mean, imagine if he does. Huh? Yeah, imagine happen. if he does. You don't know. If you really want to change, right? Don't even play a quarterback. Just run Wildcat for all seventeen games. <laughs> Just give, them, give every snap to Najee Harris and yeah. see what he can do. Yeah. Work for the Titans for two years until he break his break his foot. That's true. I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting. I um, I wait to see what the the QB stock is for the draft, and then and see what which free agent QBs and also which ones are looking to be traded. I would probably. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't do that. I was going to say I was going to burn my Steelers jerseys if they decided to try and get Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't do that. But I'd be very unhappy about it. And I would tell you every week how unhappy I am about it. What is this lack of faith in you, your like, perennially successful team? No, because if they decide to get Kirk Cousins, I can't like Kirk Cousins. I can't get behind that. Look, yeah, but I have to get the team, brother. Jalen uh, Hurts, you life can is get long. behind Kirk Cousins. I just can't do it. Life in, is long. Don't worry. In about Jazz's it. defense, how would any of us feel if Cam Newton suddenly became the quarterback for our team? Oh, or Eli so Manning. Annoyed. Or Eli Manning. I don't know if I. I don't think I burn jerseys, but I. I think I would struggle. You, yeah, yeah. I. I. I step back from that ledge, and now I'm just going to be unhappy about it and tell everyone about it as much the, as I can. The difference would be would be like if Cam Newton came into your team and then started actually winning games well, and then you'd be like, oh, I don't like him, but we are winning, <laughs> and that's nice. Same with like, you know, if thank God we never have to get to this question. <laughs> but well, if Eli many... Manning became the quarterback in Philadelphia, I wouldn't be happy about it. But if Eli Manning, as a quarterback in Philadelphia, beat the Patriots in a Super Bowl, that I'd be very happy about. It would be a very conflicting, weird occasion that wouldn't <laughs> probably go against Eli in that way. Like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how many how many wins then? How many wins? Would, let's, okay, let's say Cam Newton could still play football, which we all know he can't. But if he could still play football, <laughs> but he was back, Prince. He said I he know, was back. and I lost money. I got caught up in the hype, and I yeah. bet on it. And no, I no, no. You use use Kirk Cousins as the example right, for Jazz. Right, how right, many I, wins does before, would Kirk Cousins need to have? Well, no, I was going to use Cam Newton because he <laughs> okay. is an asshole. So how many wins before he goes from being an asshole to being your asshole, which is a very different thing. How many uh, wins? Uh, I think he was seeing as I really hate this the Panthers and he played for them for so long. It would have to be like 13, 14? 12, oh, 12, 12, really? 12 wins. Oh, oh well, I was gonna only gonna say six. I reckon six wins, and I'd be like, oh okay. <laughs> six okay. wins. God, your loyalty <laughs> he can, can he be could probably do that, like with a <laughs> yeah. reasonable like with uh with if he's thrown to AJ Brown and Julio Jones yeah. and and Derek Henry just in the backfield. To... I guess I'm a... just cheap then. Yeah, you're very <laughs> Sounds like really your prince. Cheap. To be fair, you've never been the most principled guy. Like if no, I was gonna... that's true, that's yeah, and true. you've you've always kind of stuck by a kind of like leave everyone you know like 
leave people behind like i i don't need to be the fastest guy to outrun the bear i just yeah, need to be the... faster than you <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's that feels true. like that feels that... like you're kind of yeah just win so enough games so you're not the number one pick that's all it is it doesn't six, surprise me six might be too high i might do it after, half, <laughs> after one half <laughs> one half you're like this guy's amazing yeah he Fuck completes six passes is that what you meant six pass yeah, completions, six pass completions. Yeah. yeah but then i turn on him just as quickly so yeah that would that would be it the feels case. like you're an eagle yeah that's fan, fair I mean, honest, I, if i had yeah if i had someone winning 14 13 14 games for me i'd give them benefit of doubt for a season or two i think rather than turn on them that rapidly Even so cousins. that makes sense i wouldn't he'd have to go undefeated for three seasons me <laughs> then admit that i think he's good three to get you another like three seasons rings. undefeated Absolutely. 30 points a game then I, then we can talk and well, I then. still bet, I still bet he would do... Okay, let's say he did do the three seasons undefeated. You'd still make backhanded comments all oh, the no. time. If he won it was, the it was Steelers all defense, three it was Super Bowls undefeated. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course there'd be caveats to it. But if he was a clear fundamental reason to it and a different QB... As the starting called... quarterback, he was not a key or fundamental reason to all three hey, of man. those undefeated hey. championship seasons hey. that he had in a row. hey. Remember when the Vikings went to the NFC Championship game? Yeah, do you remember, remember who was the QB of that team? Case Keenum. And do you know what Kirk Cousins hasn't done as the QB of the Vikings? Taking them to that point again. Has he ever won a playoff game? Did, I know did he, win he has won one, one, yeah. yeah he didn't did. he win one with, uh, the, what, with Washington? He won one with the Vikings with the last second bomb to uh, over the top to beat the Saints in New Orleans. Doing it in prime time in the playoffs. That's yeah. nullifying jazzes. Kirk Cousins can never do it in prime time or in the playoffs. Oh, he's done it once. Great job. Well, once is more than never. So, I know it's like a. That's bit. very true, but it's also it, half as many as twice, quarter as many as four. If you're just being tenth like, as many as ten. He's just sti- he's just sticking yeah. to the uh, the point for, um, forever. This is a there's hill. no, there's no evidence that you can Until provide. Until he retires, Ollie. I'm not getting off this hill. There's no evidence weird, you can provide. It's a weird bit. It's just it is a, it is a weird way to, to die. Join on, me up here. Like it's really a, nice. It's a great. perfectly good starting quarterback in the NFL. Like I'm willing to perfectly say that Josh Allen was incredible this week. He was, uh, he was that. so good. That game, that well, game. For Ollie to say had, that, hell he is definitely a game. They couldn't have got another yard because they scored on every single possession. Yeah, yeah first so they got no punts, no, yeah. he was, no field goals. He they was got the maximum the ball amount away. of yards in a game. He was throwing the ball get. away and Knox grabs it as a TD. He couldn't even incomplete yeah. the ball. <laughs> he was going to the bench. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Um, I was like, oh, shit, I threw another it was, it was, I love that game. I think that's probably my favorite game of the entire season. It was just, I just love oh, seeing the Patriots really? get absolutely, I hate the Patriots. Yeah, I love seeing yeah. them get absolutely annihilated. It was just like watching, um, oh, it was on one of the kick returns where they took it for a huge game. The guy did the start step. And I was just like, they are just outclassing this team mm. in every phase of the game. And they were just having like, so much fun, weren't they? By the yeah. Yeah. It was just decades of repression just getting purged. They were just, just like, <laughs> Just, just they like they were like a kid who got bullied through all of yes, like uh, like know, secondary school, yeah, you know, uh, uh, or and then got hedged, school, then got hedged, and he finds the bully, and then he's just beating him, and the kid, the teacher's trying to pull him off, going, he's already dead, and he's just and then he, fu- he, he throws an elbow at the teacher, yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was. Yeah. The um the, the and I loved it. The Bills' revenge tour of this playoffs is potentially exceptional. With obviously you beat New England in Buffalo. That's a great win. And you hammer them. 
if you then beat the Chiefs, who beat you in the AFC Championship game last year, that's another revenge. Stefan Diggs doesn't want to stand outside again. And if you end up playing Tampa Bay, you then get a chance to go and beat Brady, the man who has put so Mm -hmm. many beatdowns on you in the Super Bowl and beat them as well. That's like the three boxes just all being ticked off right there for the Buffalo Bills. Or if the 49ers get there, they could have the revenge from the four Super Bowls in a row that they lost because one of them would have been to the 49ers. Yeah. That's yeah, good point. Yeah. So there's an extra bit of revenge for you. I guess there's no... Rogers doesn't really fit into that, does he? No. He Rogers, gets Rogers doesn't look at them when he's too busy just owning Chicago and Detroit every single year and just being that guy. Yeah, I've known in the playoffs though, has he? And it, it does feel a bit different to me that I was messaging Yogi about it earlier. And it, it, this Green Bay team does feel a little bit different this year. It feels like the best one of the last three years. I don't know if they that's say that me. most years when Green Bay do well, though. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to know. say that they're a bad team and have a lot of weaknesses when they consistently win thirteen games a season. Like that's oh, hundred percent. And mm. I'm from my point. I'm never going to sit here and say that Green Bay are a bad team. I think Green Bay are a great team. I just don't think that the narrative of it's the best Green Bay team in years yeah. really fits yeah. because they're running the ball better, sure. But when they have lost two NFC Championship games in a row, so they're not a bad team to begin with. And I don't think it's fair to call this team head and shoulders above the ones that have come before. I didn't say head and shoulders. You no, I know. But the narrative life. that you hear is that people are saying it's the best shot they've had in years yeah, because okay. of X, Y, and Z. And Aaron Rodgers has been playing brilliantly all these years anyway. I think that if you look at the num- the, the leader of number of touchdowns to interception ratio, He's if you know, the top ten, he's like sick to the top ten yeah. all time. And I think four of them or five of them have been the last five years in a row. So you have a quarterback that's as good as that, not turning the ball over makes a massive difference. Running the ball as well as they are makes a massive difference. They get a lot of turnovers on defense. They do. As well. The problem I think they face this week, of course, we'll talk about this more in detail later, is that the 49ers run the ball down your throat. And last time the 49ers played the Packers in the playoffs. Yeah. They ran for 150 <laughs> yards before they were touched. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Albeit just Santa Clara rather than in Green. Yeah, yeah but that is that going to make much of a difference? I don't know. I don't know. I we'll, do... we'll talk. Let's uh, yeah. let's see that when we yeah. get on that. They do look vulnerable, but... Us, but I don't know. So that's yeah. my that's my take going into this weekend. I just find it weird that yeah, as I say, we'll get we'll get onto it later. Uh, there's a there's a load of things around these. These are the best games, by the way. You know what? So last week, everybody's been saying that there were blowouts and therefore the games weren't interesting and all that kind of stuff. And I understand, Jazz, that you were emotionally invested in that Steelers game. There's an interest in there for you. Similarly with the Bucks and the Eagles, I was invested in it. But even I'd given up on that game before it had even kicked off. Like, I didn't think mm-hmm. that was anything. Oh, was I, yeah, so did I. It was... It was a yeah. savage beatdown, and you just knew the Eagles weren't going to cover the spread, or at least you thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't. Five of six. Why did I do that? Oh, you were five of six, were you, Dave? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and I went, I, I knew that Tampa Bay would win, but I went with the Eagles. It was just eight and a half was just enough for me to be like, oh. You know what's hilarious? The playoff games quite a lot. I listened to that. I listened to that uh, what, on Tuesday so or something, annoyed. and like it's hilarious to listen to you guys put your bets in after it's gone in because Stumps always has oh. so much optimism. I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, well, that was a mistake, wasn't it? <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, got all the the funniest thing of that as well is that Dave hasn't been able to hit a one-team bet for like two weeks in a row, and, and then he, he hits, hits five. five of six. <laughs> he is cursed, right? So I since he's joined me on this ride or die thing, we haven't won once. 
And but until until he joined me on that, I got up to like sixty quid one time. And the minute he joins, we just start losing. Yeah, you're on right. Ridiculous games as well. Yeah. Games that well, should we, be surefire. We bet on, we went for the Colts against the Jags. And we went, the week before we went, who did we go? It was a massive favourite. For four and weeks, we, we picked the favourite and we lost every time. Uh, Why are you picking favourites? Because you, you roll it. You roll it over. Jazz. You roll <laughs> it over. So you have to pick one <laughs> in each understand. slot. What? So, so the ride or die, right, is you start with a pound on a Thursday. Yeah. You have to place a bet on the Thursday game. Then you have to place a bet on the uh, on the Saturday, six o'clock. Then the nine. Then the late. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've got a sleepy rider clause. So if you fall asleep before the the late game, then it's okay to miss it and you can carry on. Right. Um, but the, I, there were just a couple of weeks where I was like, "Well, this is the obvious one. Why wouldn't?" And you just keep rolling it over. And then on Monday, if you want, you can cash out or you can carry on. Right. I, okay. And I got up to about sixty quid, and then I got cocky and bet on uh, the Panthers because I bought into the Cam Newton is back. Yeah, I did that a couple of times too. But yeah, since he came on board, we have we haven't won once. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, it doesn't you... shock me given Dave's betting record. Actually, all our betting records for the year. When you, t- although yeah, I have yeah. made some money in the, this year for sure, but it's just it's not uh, not been broadcast on this. It'll come, but it'll, it'll be next bet. year. Next year's our year. Well, anyway, this week I'm going to go to White. Right, Every, everything's going to be great from now on, 100. Mm. percent I might just bet opposite everything that you have. No, I'm, I'm fine. I, I mean, mean, I've already put my bet in, but I feel like I should have checked what you did first. You know, some the the worst thing is is I just don't learn. So, like, one of my bets this week out of the four is a spread as well. So, like, yeah, I I'm sure that'll be the one that goes wrong. It was I'll the only the thing that well, it wasn't the only thing because, as I say, I had. There was no way Philadelphia were winning that at all. But when you told me that, that was a little bit like a victory for me. For some reason, <laughs> Philadelphia is screwing you oh. out of the bet. And I, yeah, I don't know. It was, but anyway, so the point being that those two games were the least interesting of all of them last weekend. But yeah. everybody else saying that they were boring because they were blowouts. Everyone seems to have forgotten that the Bengals Raiders was actually a nail biter right at the end because they just keep saying, "Oh, they were all blowouts last weekend, except for um, I can't remember which one they were talking about now." Anyway, but that yeah, was the only tight game, wasn't it? Well, there was another one that was okay, wasn't there? Mm, no, no, they oh, no, were all... the Niners, Niners Cowboys. Oh, everybody... Niners oh, yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Everybody, yeah. everybody keeps referencing that as being the only interesting game, but the Raiders yeah, Bengals right. was, was actually was... a really good game. I thought, really enjoyed watching that. And it was what I kind of said it would be, was the Bengals would keep them just at reach, just at reach, and then they didn't in the end and gave the Raiders a a, a chance. But the Bills game was really enjoyable to watch. because oh, yeah, yeah loved it was it. so good. Because it was almost a surprising blowout, and they were so impressive. Like, if you're yeah. a Pats fan, that's shit. But it was fun to be entertained in that manner. Um, and the Rams yeah. against the Cardinals game was just amazing to watch. That was yeah, I watched quite a lot of that live. That was that was very good. The the running game of Akers and Michelle, I was saying to Dave yesterday, it was like somebody had dosed them both up with an extra hit of adrenaline before kickoff. Because I've not seen either of them obviously Akers have been out, but I've not seen Sony Michelle run with that intensity and like get a bit of open pay, open space and just firing through holes. It was incredible to watch. And then that meant they had a balanced offense that meant Matt Stafford could sling it and have some fun and look really comfortable. And the Rams were, that defense was savage to Kyler Murray. And the secondary and the linebackers played Murray perfectly of when he did try to move or roll out. They didn't overcommit. This is what I said 
when the Bills played the Cardinals and there was the Hopkins catch at the end. But the Bills' coverage mm-hmm. on Murray in that game was exceptional of don't commit completely to the receiver and give Murray the space to move. Don't overcommit to Murray to give him the little pop pass over the top. And the Rams played that last night. They just sat in a gap, making Murray have to make a decision rather than forcing Murray to do one or the other. And it was brilliant in coverage. And then that D-line was just decimated all in front. Do we think Kyler should have taken that safety rather than throwing the pick six? I don't think it really Uh, mattered at that point in the game because the Cardinals were just like a drunk boxer on the ropes and you're just waiting for more punches to rain down on them. It's going to be an interesting off-season podcast for us to talk about where Kyler Murray sits because it's another like weird season of like really, really high highs and really, really low lows now. Well, all his narrative fits. No DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray can't be a QB. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Which is a shame. I mean, if you look at Deshaun Watson, you could have probably leveled that at him when he had D up, but then when he had gone, that Texans offense didn't really skip much of a beat. Mm. And he was still putting up yards and touchdowns week after week. Kyler Murray currently doesn't seem to be capable of doing that on his own yet. But then again, yeah. it's only his what third year? Third year? Yeah, for sure. It, it, yeah. it did yeah, kind of feel really it did feel like they were the odd team out of like the top teams in the AFC and the NFC, like six, seven games in when they had won all of them, you felt, to me, it just felt a little bit like, really, are they going to be here at the end of the season? And they just kind of, they just couldn't maintain it. I mean, there it, were a lot they? of people saying the Cardinals are nailed on to be the number one seed. I know, I know. And I so did, do we think that the Cardinals just, of this year are like the Steelers of last year? Really, really hot start and then fell off? I mean, I, I think so. I think... You know, James Conner had some yeah. real splashy games in that. He was know, great in fantasy. Last third sure. at times. And then last two weeks of the season or so, I think it was, just kind of dropped off a bit and did nothing in that game in the end against the Rams. Was really Which again, screws yeah, over Murray for the, for the running game, doesn't it? Yeah. Is it, is it? Is it Murray's fault though? Because obviously <laughs> there, was, there was a notif- noticeable drop off when uh, DeAndre Hopkins went down. Now, yeah. is that because Kyler Murray can only throw to his safety blanket or have they they schemed and coached him to have an entire game plan that revolves around DeAndre Hopkins. So is it, is it a critique of the coaching staff rather than Kyler Murray? Well, I guess it depends how you see the other wide receivers as well. It feels like they just didn't have players that could step up. Christian Kirk is more like, but isn't that, isn't of that... a good, like a kind of mid-level two, isn't he? He's not yeah. a guy who can be a two who could possibly step up to being a one. They just didn't have guys that stepped up either. Did they? So, so I think he was kind of on his own a yeah, little bit so talent-wise. I don't know. Yeah, it's a coaching and GM thing. They haven't built – they built a team. Yeah. They built yeah. A base, effectively a glass cannon. Top-heavy. That, like, that was, yeah, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. And once he was gone, yeah, there just wasn't – they had no momentum or any way to take control of the game. But and the, it seems like J.J. Watt going out was a bigger impact than people thought, thought as well. Mm-hmm. But probably a leadership thing as well because having him on the sidelines – making speeches and stuff isn't the same as having him in the huddle. He, he was he was more dominant than in the, 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 the main game I watched them, obviously, was when they decimated the Titans in week one. But watching yeah. that, he, I don't think he got enough credit because obviously, uh, was it, who was it, Chase? Who was it who absolutely ripped apart that game and got like five sacks? Um, Chandler Jones? That Chandler was it, Jones, Chandler yeah. Jones. Yeah, um, because he had such a dominant day. But if you watch the line in that game, JJ was commanding so much attention. And I think part mm. of the reason that, uh, Evans had such a good day was because because what was commanding because because 
whether or not he has the physical talents he used to have, which is probably not given his age, he still commands that level of respect that the offensive lines are going to scheme against him. Mm-hmm. So he opens everything up for everybody else. So suddenly taking that out makes a huge difference. Yeah, he's, at, he's at a point where he's going to struggle to beat a double team, but he's still going to beat a single man because he is still JJ Watt. He still yeah. beats double teams. He's still very strong. He just won't have the speed to get to the QB yeah. quite as rapidly. Mm. I mean, going back to that point there, Prince, is that Chandler Jones has been an exceptional pass rusher for years. And so having someone of JJ Watt's caliber on the other side really does help him to get one-on-ones or a tackle and maybe a chip block. And because Chandler Jones also is an absolute freak of nature athlete. He's, yeah, he's a monster. He's absolute a monster. monster. <laughs> so yeah. that's that sort of level of performance is not but unexpected you, from him, if that makes sense. But you can see as well, though, I'm just having a look at his individual stats. The last five games of the year, including the loss to LA in the playoffs, he only got one sack. Aha! So, now, Jones, so let's talk about this. The early season Cardinals and the late season Cardinals. Well, I better let's talk about Cliff Kingsbury uh, and his record in both these two things. Yeah, he's got a terrible... Combined... Oh, yeah. So since he's 2013 got Andy syndrome right he does so <laughs> since 2013 so including the years he's with uh, Texas Tech in the first seven games he's gone 42 20 and one so he's mostly won his games at the start of the season mm-hmm. the rest yeah. of the year he's gone 16 and 43 wow that's awful that's right so it's almost <laughs> as bad as Mike Shanahan getting a lead and giving it away and he nearly did that this week as well he did nearly do that this week as well um yeah, they, so do we put well, the blame why, at the coach's feet? Well, there has been a lot of discussion in the fallout. I've actually listened to like ESPN radio this week and stuff for their morning shows. And there's been a fair bit of discussion about like, do Arizona need to move on from Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, but my, yeah. but my problem is, is if you do that, you're now... Kyler Murray came into a Kingsbury offense, which is designed for Kyler Murray to thrive in. If you bring in another head coach in a different offense you might now not have a Kyler Murray offense, which is designed for him to thrive in. Yeah. So you might yeah. bring in a, a head coach who's got an, it, it's the Chip Kelly replaces Mike Vick with Sam Bradford idea. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> or Sean McCoy with Kiko Alonso idea. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> slightly, we didn't try and play Kiko Alonso running back. That would have been weird. But uh, yeah, like you, you're It was asking, a straight swap though, wasn't it? You're, yeah, it was. Yeah. You're yeah. asking Sam Bradford yeah. to provide the versatility that Michael Vick was providing with his legs as well as his arm. And it's like, that doesn't, that's not going to work. That's putting a square peg in a round hole. So, you know, is, are you trying to say that Sam Bradford's not an elite level mobile QB? Oh, is the jury still out on that? Oh, I, mean, I just wasn't sure. Need... His knee's been a bit bummed for a while. I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was because of the knee. mobile into it, to be honest. Just <laughs> you know, knee. if you, if you told me that Sam Bradford was still on a roster this you year, believe it, I'd wouldn't be you? like, Oh, okay. I wonder if he was. I wonder if he's in like the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking, looking, I'm looking it up now as well. I think he might have been on a roster as soon as two years ago, right? That makes sense, does yeah, it? Back, he's a former. Back end somewhere. I think he was last at the Rams, He was maybe? around for... Cardinals, there, 2018. That's far enough away. But you, but you see my point with this Kyler Murray thing of if you then go and change the coaching staff, you could now... Be well, reducing also, Kyler Murray's ability to operate, and therefore you're wasting more of his years. Which, what, two years left on his rookie deal after this year? Yeah. So then, so then it's like you're either going to have to pay him, or you're going to have to move on and start looking for a new quarterback again. And yeah. he's too good to start looking for a new quarterback. But 
is he worth paying him big quarterback mega bucks? I, well, I think that they're kind of like they're in a bit of limbo, aren't they? Where they've done well enough this season that they went to the playoffs, which is a good result for a Cardinals team that was like three wins or something only three years ago. Mm. And that we're in transition. So on the face of it, it's like, oh, you could see it as a positive. But to be like, what were they nine and one at one point? Yeah. Yeah, so like stormed out the gate. You know, to be that good and then to dribble out of the playoffs to a divisional rival is a pretty shocking end to the year. And then to do that two years in a row where you finish badly, I don't know. It would be a bold decision if they let him go. And it would seem a bit harsh on Kingsbury. It doesn't seem like a word. But it would be, it might be sensible. I don't know. But it feels like they're improving at the same time. So although, yes, they, yeah, they went out I to the Rams. So. The Rams did win the division. So yeah. based on seedings, they went out against the higher seed. So it's not as if they've got to the playoffs and been beaten by the Jags. No, but at the same time, you but were they... the highest seed in the NFL yeah. at one point at week 10. To even lose the division oh, totally. at one yeah. point was yeah, crazy. I, I hear you yeah. that completely. But at the same time, they still made the playoffs. Yeah. Lots of teams didn't. I think that they just run it back for another year, and then obviously, 100%. If, it, if it doesn't work, um, then the next question year, I think then, becomes: then he'll get fired with Kyler and his rookie contract. Whether you pick up the fifth year option or you sign him to an extension, if you sign him to an extension and you get rid of Cliff Kingsbury, it doesn't make sense. If you sign him to the big extension and keep Cliff Kingsbury for another year or two at least, that makes sense because you're keeping your two most pivotal roles together yeah. at the same time. If you don't think Kyler is the answer. Having the head coach that was brought in to make Kyler the answer isn't going to help you. Well, also, you do you think... get rid of Kime as well? I mean, he's been Kime's on thin ice. Mm. I think Kime has done a very good job with what he's done for the Cardinals over the last kind of 10 years, or wherever it's been. Uh, well, not he obviously wasn't GM. He nearly got fired for uh, drunk driving as well, didn't he? Well, this is he the, did. This is the so thing, though, in terms of call. talking about, you know, they lose Hopkins, obviously, that's a massive loss, but they shouldn't have fallen off a cliff like they have. AJ Green is one is like the new Larry Fitzgerald, and he he's still got a few years just to be a very good, experienced, safe pair of hands in there. Christian Kirk isn't a number one receiver, but he's not a bad receiver. No, he's good. I'd like him on. They brought most in teams, they brought in Zach Ertz, who can still provide a lot for teams. He played well. He played he was really good, well yeah. when he's yeah, yeah. Chase Edmonds hasn't been a terrible running back by any stretch of the imagination. He's good. He's not, I don't think he's a number one standout running back, but if you've got him and James Connor sharing the load, it's a nice one, two punch. There's a lot in the skill positions and on that defense that has been done to bring in decent players and actually have a good team. But then if you've got a decent team and it's not performing, is it then, it's the coaching. coaching? Yeah. You know what they might do? Yeah. And uh, this, this takes back to what we said before you came on jazz. You know, they were saying, might maybe maybe wait three or four months, sign Antonio Brown, get, go all in. <laughs> he, did say, he did say it might be a team that wants to go all in. We'll try and bring him They're in. They're one piece away. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, that, yeah, that would so be a piece horrible. that would help them. I mean, going back to the AJ Green thing, though, he, in comparison to Larry Fitzgerald, at the time in his career that AJ Green is now, Larry Fitzgerald was a slot receiver. And he was a stable <laughs> chain mover. He wasn't out wide. So if yeah. you have Jalen Ramsey covering AJ Green, that's a mismatch all day long. Oh, he's not, also get, fine he's not getting a that, pass all night. But that takes no. Jalen no. Ramsey off Christian Kirk. That's almost like under... But that's fine because if you have someone who's speedy and fast, Ramsey they can cover point. Christian Kirk. No offence to Christian Kirk. He's not the crispest route runner. He doesn't create tons of separation. He relies upon his speed. You put someone fast covering him, there's no reason why they can't cover someone with speed. Yeah, that's true. 
and you've got the 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 D line wrecking havoc up front. So you're not going to have tons of time to let these deep roots and separation be created. You need someone like DeAndre Hopkins who can fight for a contested ball and 99 times out of 100, he's catching it. Yeah, which is what, I agree with that. Which is what Kyler Murray needs all the time. Well, I mean, let's face facts. Every what... quarterback needs that one kind of yeah. weapon that he knows he can get the ball to. I mean, all those years that Brady did so well in New England, he had Edelman and Gronk. He knew that either one of them, if the ball's going to them, they will 99 times out of 100, they're catching the ball and they'll be open because they're smart. That's how these teams win. They don't win based on flashy... Gronk's smart. <laughs> I was about to make comment on Not, not intelligent <laughs> smart, football, football IQ, smart. Yeah, okay, good. He knows go how to read a coverage and get himself in the right spot. I believe he's in Mensa. I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> uh, Just to go back to what you were saying, Prince, uh, on Antonio Brown, Surely Bruce Arians, if that situation started to unfold, Bruce Arians would pick up the phone to Steve Kime and be like, dude, do not do this. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I really hope that doesn't great. happen. But could you, I, I could see if, if they've got, if, they, if we're saying that potentially it's not Kyler Murray's fault and there are questionable decisions being made in the coaching room and in the front office, that would be the kind of move they would make to try yeah. and force their window I open. And it's kind of the move that a desperate GM might make as well, who's on yeah. the hot seat. So, Do you know yeah. a team that yeah. could really use Antonio Brown's help? Oh, no one, no one. Tennessee Titans. No, I don't. I don't want him to sell. Well, have him as a slot receiver. Okay, let's say they sign him and, and see you later. First, well, Julio Jones is supposed to do that kind of second. So you can put Julio as your Larry Fitzgerald on the slot and have. Well, he's not going to. He's just going to be injured forever, Julio. Either that, or he's going to win your Super Bowl. I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say, no, I'd hate that. But then I was thinking, well, if the first play of the game, they do a deep bomb, he catches it, he scores, I'd probably be on board with that. That would yeah, actually be Prince win you over really quickly. Right, I've been thinking about... So I was, messaging, I was messaging Prince about this uh, like a couple of weeks ago about Julio, just how much I love him. And that would be the best result. Like I like the Titans anyway. But if the Titans went to the Super Bowl and Julio had a game and wasn't injured, that would be like... As a Falcons fan, that would just he be was the best result against, of the playoffs he was now. decent against the Texans. Mm. And there's a couple... Of, and, like, he hasn't been, like... He hasn't... He's kind of been a bit, like, a bit absent because, obviously, he's been hurt a lot. But, like, the catches he does make are usually pretty clutch. So, like, the ability yeah. is there. And, to be fair, he, there were a couple of decent bombs where Tannehill either massively overthrew or underthrew it, where if he picked them up... Um, so I'm really hoping he does flash, but to be honest, oh, it'd be so nice. He just takes coverage away, which helps Brown. Yeah. Um, they complement each other quite. He doesn't seem like an eager. It would also help guy. Antonio Brown too. Uh oh. <laughs> I really. Oh, do we want to sell our souls to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> it depends how you get on yes. in these playoffs. Yes, yes, guess, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> Maybe just just win it this year, and then you don't have to worry about Antonio. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. Better off with Julio. I think. Start campaigning outside of the the the, the Tennessee offices. <laughs> Takes Fly a flight to, to Nashville just to campaign. And he's looking around. We've already got AJ no Brown. Else. There's no one else there. Brown. He's, he's trying to bring in like people from the street. Like, bring in that would make you look like the only person crazier than Antonio Brown in the United States. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah, just yeah, take yeah. a bag of uh, gummy bear dicks with you. You fit right in. <laughs> and like you're like you're paying homeless men to like stand there. <laughs> to march with you so it's just a bunch of disheveled homeless guys from nashville 
Oh no, actually no. They only have homeless in California, don't they? I, I, I listen, them in. I I listen to the Republican. You can bust them in. Pretty expensive bus, but you can try California. it. Yeah, bring them in from California. I think yeah, to be bring honest, them, just get the whole Skid Row coming with you. I'm sure they like a little road trip. Yeah, if yeah, he's yeah. all bring in, the tents. if he's all in to fly there, he's all in to get a bus to get homeless people from California. I just there, reach out but... to Antonio and get him to help help fund it based on his music career, which is obviously going to be going to be popping off at this yeah, point. Yeah, obviously. Jeez. Oh well, I didn't listen to it, actually. Shane was trying to play it to us and I couldn't hear it last week on the podcast. Yeah, I heard enough that I didn't need to. I'm sure. Yeah, it's, I heard it's... enough. I never. I never. I wanna wanna, even before I heard it, I knew I didn't want to hear it. I do want to. I knew it. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah, I'm all good without listening. Right. To it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Give I'm that gonna a pass. To it. I'm going to it later. I couldn't handle two minutes of an actual interview with him, and I imagine he's probably quite a good mumble rap guy, and I don't really want to hear that mumble rap. I don't like that mumble rap. I'm not nah, into that. Not into I like that. I like words, baby. Yeah, I'm not into. Not oh, here into we go. Mumbling. The big man is in. In a minute. <laughs> What's up, fellas? Hey, what's up, Marlon? How's it going? Oh. You're good, man. You just got a, uh, a slight, slightly dodgy connection there, buddy. Struggling to hear you. Hold on. Let me put my, my uh, how about now? That's better. <laughs> hey, man. How you doing? Oh, Y'all, can hear me? Y'all can hear me or I'm in a bad area? I can hear no, you, you now. Can, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to just post up right here then. Oh, you sure, man? Oh, cool. Tidy. I feel yeah, yeah. about. My bad. I had to go pick my son up from school, so we in a we in a school parking lot. So we good. I got y'all in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Marlon, I got to introduce to you. By the way, there's obviously uh, myself, Jazz, and Dave as always, and there's another chap that you may notice on the screen. Um, he's called Prince. Uh, you can call him Richard or whatever. But it's interesting. I'm figuring you guys can share some stories because Prince played on the D line at university, and you played on the D line in the NFL. So it's very similar. You know, careers that you guys have had, I guess, and stuff, right? Prince, you probably got some knowledge to share with Marlon about it and everything. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can give him tips. I highly do. Yeah. You're tired you of the university of Aberystwyth. You played on the interior line? You're on the interior line or you on the uh, air? Uh, DT, yeah. Uh, well, actually, wherever Phil told me to play because we didn't have very many <laughs> decent players. So I played, yeah. Oh, you played across the line. Yeah. And offensive line as well. <laughs> As though, uh, Marlon, we we were gonna wait and um until you got on to talk about the games coming up this weekend. We got to talk about the Bengals going into Tennessee as an LSU man. You must be loving this right now because we spoke to you preseason about Chase Burrow and you said it was gonna hit, and it's hit bigger than anybody else expected. It did. I, I probably I'm probably part of a very small group of LSU fans and former players that already knew. Uh, that was about to happen, but it's just cool that, you know, he's able to get out there, A, and after two years of college ball, show the work. I'm talking about Jamar Chase. Show the the work and the continuing the grind um, and being successful. Now, going into the draft, is just, I don't know if he can adjust to the cop from the college football to pro ball. Well, I guess they got the answer on that one. Hello, somebody. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lil J, as they call him, 
Um, we, we we talk all the time, a lot of times text and Instagram, but I'm just super proud of him. Uh, me and his dad, uh, Jimmy Chase, talk a lot as well. Fellow West Bank here on the west side of New Orleans. But a very interesting take from this game, guys, and it's, it's a close watch. Tennessee versus Cincinnati. Christian Fulton versus Jamar Chase. Guys mm-hmm. played against and competed with each other since high school at Romo High. Did the uh. same thing at LSU. Whoa. Right? So now we're going to see that matchup on Sunday. That's the only – if there is a – I don't want to use the word kryptonite, but if there's some type of kryptonite to Jamar Chase, it would be Christian Fulton. But that would be the matchup to watch. Mm. Damn, okay. Are you are you a little bit worried about that offensive line letting Burrow down? I'm not. I think right now those guys are motivated. They're uh-huh. here all through the draft last year and even throughout uh, the preseason that, uh, oh, man, Burrow have all these weapons, but he's missing the offensive line. And I think they stepped up to the challenge and protected a lot better. Uh, look at the deep routes. The deep routes tell you everything you need to know about an offensive line protection. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Joe Burrow is able to drop back and let those routes to Boyd, to Jamar Chase, to T. Higgins develop, boom, there's an explosion. Yeah. And, and and that's credited to the offensive line buying him time. He has still been hit a lot, though. He is the most sacked QB in the NFL this year. And look, Burrow's shown resiliency. For sure, but is there a point where it gets to that? That is too many hits, or does he just have enough grit about him because he's so used to taking the contact at this point? He has the grit, but he has to be smart as well. And I think maybe switching up the protection, maybe going a lot of max protection to help out in that area going into the playoffs uh, is going to be important. He's getting hurt, uh, hit a lot. He's young, so getting hit a lot at Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady's age is totally different getting hit as yeah. a Joe Burrow. You're in your early 20s. You know, you're able to take the hits. Because, I mean, I remember when we first uh, was covering them with the LSU Sports Network, uh, when we first got with us in 2018, I saw he dropped the shoulder. I want to say we were playing against Auburn or Florida. He just <clears throat> dropped the shoulder down. I'm like, man, this kid, he's not your typical quarterback. Yeah. So hard-nosed. Grit, as you mentioned, he, he possessed all those qualities. Well, just to come back from the injury, I mean, it, it seems like we're not talking about that now because everything else has happened this year with the Bengals. And with we're Burrow, trying gold but... jackets, aren't we, instead? Who's going to get a gold jacket first, Burrow or Chase? Yeah, but it felt like, you know, that was a potentially, like, career-ending injury, and he's just come back, and now all we're talking about is the playoffs. It's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing, and, and, it, and it speaks to his work ethic and his ability to want to do better. And he's also sitting from the fountain of youth. I mean, when you're in, the, in your early 20s, you can survive with the combination of modern-day technology with medicine and also the advancement of technology just in general. It, it, the training and, and, the, and the treatment and the medicine – for those recoveries come back much faster than, let's mm-hmm. say, the early 90s, yeah. right? When they used to just have guys hop in the ice tub and just, you know, now the rejuvenation and the uh, the rebuilding and the, the re-strengthening of the joints and the, and the different tendons that are torn or 
broken or whatever the case may be is much better now because of modern day medicine. So fountain of youth, a tough kid, and modern day technology and medicine, booyah. You got you gotta look at look at uh Cam Akers. Yeah, yeah he's he just come no back, he's awesome. Yeah. We're talking about him. Yeah. That's crazy, guys. Mm. I mean, it, it just speaks volumes about uh the advancement of uh medicine and recovery. Do you yeah. know any inside information on either of the former LSU boys at Cincinnati if they're paying the money yet for the uh to TB12 and his crew to do all that joint therapy that's like a hundred grand a <laughs> session or something? Is he doing that yet? Something got to be going on, man. T- TB man, twelve is is just phenomenal. Um, I can remember looking at him as the older guy when I was in New England back in two thousand and uh, two thousand and eleven, two thousand ten and eleven. And now to where he is, um, to still be able to do it, to to have a a quicker release of the ball. To, of course, when you're in the matrix, you do understand how your offensive line has to look. You do understand the type of weapons you have to have around you, and then you do break down defenses a lot better than your typical uh, new quarterback. So. The second Tom Brady says Hut and he drops back four or five different scenarios of what type of coverage they could be disguising. He could catch click quicker than, let's say, a young Kyle Murray, who just got knocked out of the playoffs. Now, that's the offensive line, a guy who needs an offensive line. Um, but, but yeah, kudos to Tom and, and, and his career, how he's just constantly – that's what's weird about down here in New Orleans. We we beat Tom Brady twice this year, and this guy still could yeah. possibly win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, and if you look at uh, Dave's background, that's a big reason why right there. Guys like that. <laughs> Mike Evans, right there. <laughs> so with that on the Saints, though, Mark, just to take us away from this week's games, where do you think the Saints season went wrong? Was it just down to Jameis's injury, or was there just not enough depth at the QB position or someone else? Or like Michael Thomas not really playing? I think you hit two nails on the head. Um, Jameis, Jamison is a big piece, not having him, because he was getting such a good rhythm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did lose they, – they did lose to New York, um, and, and I think after that loss, I saw more growth in him, and then, boom, he gets hurt. But he's a guy – a lot of folks if, – if y'all check out my Twitter, at BigSpade504, even to y'all's listeners, I still have – me and Patrick Peterson interviewed uh, the, the tweet pinned on my page. And this was April, 2020. So this was before the saints had even signed Jameis and the things he said about him and the type of player he is. The question simply was, man, who, who are like the, you know, the top two or three quarterbacks, you, you know, we were running out of time. Mm-hmm. You had to face. And he said, Jameis. And he mm-hmm. said, Russell. And I'm like, wow, this is the guy that's played against Tom Brady, played against – I mean, he's out – at the time, he was out in the, um, in, in the NFC West. So, yeah. you know, you're looking at a guy that played against, you know, everything ranging from, like, like as he mentioned, Russell Wilson, but also going against the – The, um, the Shadowhead 49ers. Yeah, yeah, the McVay Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jar- Jared Goff. Oh, more. no. <laughs> Look, they control Jared Goff. Point. He won season. two games for Detroit. Good for him. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my boy Jason Cabinda, man. He kicked it with me and Ali out there at uh, 
at the Super Bowl, Jason's still balling for the Lions, so that's good. I'm glad he's hanging on, boy, because it's rough out there in Detroit. It's cold, and it's deep. <laughs> but but yeah, but but down in New Orleans, down here, we really good defense. Hence the reason yeah. we're able to beat Tampa the way we were, but yeah. not having Jameis, not having Michael Thomas, and I mean a lot of folks don't really mention this, and this is why. Um, a dark horse MVP uh, coach of the year was, was Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, sure. we had Hurricane Ida. We was displaced for that. They had to go to a whole nother city. You know, you, everyone's dealing with COVID, so you're losing people to the COVID. Injuries left and right. So, I mean, there's no excuses uh, in the game of football, so to say. But, I mean, the, the deck that – I mean, imagine all of us playing spades, and I don't have any face cards. I don't have any big spades. I just have all – that that was Sean Payton this year. He didn't have Michael mm-hmm. Thomas, as you mentioned. This is the year, first year without Drew Brees. This is the, the the first time you know he had to coach a new quarterback to be his guy. He had to evaluate quarterbacks this year, and and Jameis was right there for him. I think New Orleans wins that wild card. Um, excuse me, gets that wild card round. Mm-hmm. If, if 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 Jameis was able to pull up, play a full season, because Taysom Hill, again, guys, that that Swiss Army knife he is, he's great for New Orleans, but he's not a NFL starting quarterback. Yeah, he's not. Um, even though he he really put forth a big effort, you know, Ian Book was young this year, Tra- uh, Trevor Simeon, he, he just seemed to not be able to get in rhythm with the offense. So you know, those were the things that plagued us this year, and. Go ahead. Once again, L.A. screws us again. Not only did they do the bad no-call a few years ago, they go ahead and lose to San Francisco. But uh, yeah. Well, that no-call was horrific as well. Oh, yeah. That was one of the worst no-calls of all time. I, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see any interference on that at all, Maldon. I have to say, I didn't see. You know, you got to let the boys play, haven't you? Yeah, it's like, come on. You know, holding happens on every single play. There's always going to be some hands between some guys and stuff. Like, get over it. I think the tackling <laughs> the receiver before he's caught the ball is a bit of a problem, though. Uh, technically, it's not within the rules per se. I think, but you know, yeah. <laughs> what about what about LSU uh, this year, Marlon? Is it kind of a rebuilding year for you guys, or it was? You didn't really get. Was it six and seven? Was it kind of middling year? We went. Was it? We went. We went eight and eight. We were in, able eight to eight, finish at five hundred percent. I'm thinking of the NFL. I'm sorry. No. We ended up going six and six. Yeah. Okay. And uh, getting into the bowl game and lost it. I, I'm, I'm thinking the NFL. Um, but to switch to college football, LSU this year, it, it was a, it was a really interesting call for us during the pre and post game because you, you just didn't know what to expect. It was a year where it was a lot of stuff that Coach Ed Ogeron went through. Um, and then middle of the season, uh, making an announcement that they're firing him and they're going to be in a new coaching search. So for the players, I give a lot of credit to the players um, being able to ha- show resiliency and, and just finish what was called a crazy year. I mean, we had a close game against Alabama and we go six and six, right? Um, it was one of those years. Crazy loss to Auburn. I mean, the year didn't start off right. Mm-hmm. Losing early on to UCLA, we figured we would beat them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just Coach Ed Ogeron on his last leg there. And I, and I saw him about two weeks before the last game. We talked briefly um, in the deal because we're usually at the media department and, you know, we never really cross paths with the players unless we're staying out there. And just 
just talking to him, you kind of see it was it was rolling down, but he never lost the faith and understanding that this was a dream job for him. You know, mm-hmm. a guy from Louisiana through and through, you know, anybody from here, you got guys coaching all over college football. Uh, I have a lot of them I have personal relationships with a lot of them through my company, Conquer Sports Pros with the recruiting. They, they, they talk to a lot of our players, including my son, who I got to get y'all caught up on control before we get off. But, you know, you know, Ed showed that, you know, despite the distractions and, and some of my own hiccups, we're going to just finish strong. And, and beating Texas A&M was big. And, of course, he didn't coach the bowl game. And LSU made history uh, having their first African-American head coach. And, and Coach Brad Davis took over for the bowl game. It wasn't successful. But he's back on the staff with Brian Kelly as an offensive line. I mean, yeah, as an offensive line coach. So, I mean, it was a rough year. Transfer portal kind of messing things up. Injuries. You know, guys kind of sitting out. It, it was mm-hmm. just, just one a of weird those year. situations, guys. But, yeah, weird year. How much, though, do you like Brian Kelly uh, doing the accent? Because that could go either way. Did that endear him to the LSU faithful down there? Because he's never in previous interviews had like that Southern twang. And then he gets on and has, uh, has a speech and a little press conference That's and he funny. starts talking like it's a Georgia <laughs> night down here. <laughs> Did people like that down in, uh, down in LSU country or were they were like, hey, are you taking the mic here? Like what's going on? <laughs> I thought they thought it was funny for the most part. Uh, but, but I tilt my hand for him for trying, you know, you have a guy that spent most of his career up North and, you're down south trying to get used to the slang, and not to mention uh, your number one quarterback that you were recruiting um, when you were at Notre Dame and and, and uh, Walker Howard, and then you turn around and Walker Howard could potentially be a guy uh, that 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 you sign in, and then boom, there you go. He's he's now uh, doing a dance with Walker Howard and being hit with him <laughs> on his recruiting visit. Well, you got to do something, you know. You got to get the guys. So. I'm I'm uh, I'm going to remain very optimistic with Coach Brian Kelly. I think um, with his track record, he has a winning record. Um, I do know that what motivated him to want to take this job was being able to play Alabama every year, uh, going against Coach Saban with what some would call lesser talent up north, and now being able to ha- have some of the best football players on this planet Earth here in Louisiana to recruit and bring into your program and bringing some guys from – you can recruit the South better. You, you can get some of the best players from Texas, Florida, um, even step into Alabama's territory that has a lot of great players and, and, and really build a program. That That's something that Coach Saban did there back in the early 2000s that still goes without being uh, left unsaid. Marlon, you still there? We lost you. Not quite. Uh, we just we just I lost you for, a second. you for a second there. There we go. Ooh. We good now? Yeah, yeah, you're back. Don't worry, buddy. You're back. A bit better. Okay. I was I was just talking about uh how Coach Nick Saban was able to build LSU to where it is now, and Coach Jerry Donardo really did help bring recruiting back, and then Coach Saban just really made us a top-notch national program. Coach Miles taking over and then keeping it going. And then, of course, Coach Ed Ogeron making it one of, one of the best football 
years ever, best football, college football team ever with Joe Burrow. And now we, we, we've turned at least to Brian Kelly, and I think he's, he's able to take on a challenge. And, and uh, so far with the hires, he's made it. He, he gets a lot of green checks. Um, I, I think being able to bring some Louisiana talent back home, guys like Greg Book from Arkansas in the transfer portal, I thought that that was good. Um, but, but other than that, I think LSU puts themselves in a really good position to compete next year in the SEC, and that's the most important part. Nice. For sure, man. Uh, Marlon, let's talk about these uh, about these playoff games, though, in general, um, coming up this weekend. Because this is like the best of the best at this point now. We've had the wildcard weekend. It wasn't necessarily super. It was pretty fun to watch, though. But we've now separated the wheat and the chaff. We've got four stellar games coming up. I assume you're going to take the Bengals over the Titans, which is going to annoy our friend Prince on here because he's a big Titans fan. So feel free to have have, have at it with him at any point. I'd love to see that go down. <laughs> but who else? Who else do you fancy after what we've seen on? Um, you know, everyone's getting caught up now with the 49ers. Everybody's suddenly all back in a bit more on the Rams again. You know, there's a lot of that week has just changed a lot of expectations around a lot of teams. Yeah, I, I think. You know, going into one of the most important pieces coming um, into the divisional round was the team that set. You talk about Green Bay, you talk about Tennessee, and, and exactly how they're going to be able to bring it this weekend. Uh, that's a tough spot to be in. You look at basically sitting home, short week of practice, you're watching the games, and you got the big time bye week. But now you have to go out. So, you know, those are two teams I'm really looking at. You know, we talked about the Bengals and Tennessee game. But now, you know, just watching Green Bay going into this matchup is going to be huge. Yeah. I completely agree with that. So I was I was super confident. So I was like, I'll do a little bit of prep for this. So I started looking at figures and stuff. And by the end of looking at the stats, I was like, oh, I'm not so confident about this game. And I think, I think yeah, I think sometimes that not playing for a week I think it can kill your momentum a little bit because, Ollie, one thing I was going to say about the Rams game is from watching that, the Rams just, I think that's textbook rising to the moment. There was one play where I think uh, Stafford threw it to Tyler Higby and he just threw off a defender. And you could just, that level of intensity, and I don't know whether you can just turn that on or off. And obviously the Bengals have just come out of a game where they really had to fight to win it. And I think Tennessee aren't the best team. Well, either they start really fast and they fall off in the second half or they start slow. No one, no one ever had a problem with a team having a bye week on a good run in the regular season. And teams that have the bye week in the playoffs generally tend to win as well. The, 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 the stats favour the team with a bye week so much more. Plus, this Titans team has a chance, it's not been confirmed yet this Thursday, to have Derek Henry back in the lineup. You've got Julio Jones back. He looks like he's going to be ready to go. You're now finally getting at the most important point of the season the biggest weapons that you need on offense back in this game. And the Bengals have just had to fight hard and take a bit of a beating from the Oakland Raiders at times. I mean, they weren't getting penetration. The D-line was struggling. They're going to be potentially depleted on D-line as well. So that's going to benefit Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill can beat you with the legs a bit more. I just think this Titans team has got more than enough about them and everything's kind of coming up at the right time to be ready to go and do this Cincinnati team as much as I'd like to see the Bengals go all the way. I, I still, yeah. I, yeah. Um, so no, I, go ahead. I, I was listening. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I still think we'll win, but I was, I was super confident. I was like, yeah, we'll run all over them. 
And then, but actually, I reckon Tennessee will take it by three. Ooh. It's going to be tight. tight. I'll watch 20, that. 20, I'll... 2017, I reckon. It's going to be tight, for I'll sure. I'll watch that, for sure. I think the return Derek Henry makes a big difference in this game. If he is as healthy as he should be, and he's fresh, there's no reason why he can't run all over them. Like I was saying before to these guys, the loss of Larry Ogunjobi on that D-line in the middle of that run defense is going to make a huge difference in trying to deal with mm-hmm. someone as physically dominant as Derek Henry. I feel like the Titans not a guarantee to win this, but have a much greater chance of winning this than they had before. If Ogan Joby was playing, I'd probably be picking the Bengals to win. But the line the line is going to win this game. Like if yeah. if yeah. um if it's inside the trenches. Get, yeah, yeah. They're always the most obviously the most important positions. Um no bias <laughs> at all. Um but yeah they're they're gonna win the game. If they can pressure Burrow and get him out of his rhythm, then their Titans will be fine. But if Burrow's allowed to throw the Titans secondary is okay, but it's not where they're good, their, their D is good at is stopping the run. Janoris Jenkins questionable as well in that other corner oh, really? slot. So that's, that, that's interesting when you've got at least two receivers that can that have gone over a thousand yards with the Bengals this year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're missing one of your starting corners, that's not going to help things too much. But it, outside of the skill positions, the Bengals match up better, um, just about. And they match up better at quarterback, but everything else, the Titans have got the edge, I'd say. So if you're doing a tick box exercise, it doesn't work out like that. You kind of feel like the Titans of you know would take it. What what's your thought, Marlon? What's your score prediction for that game? Yeah, what do you reckon? Um, I, I do think it's a game that I would say 30-23 Cincinnati. Okay. okay. I think defensively, as y'all, Tennessee's missing pieces, but I, I like this Cincinnati team has the right chemistry, and it's not about the fact that they're winning; it's, it's how they're winning. Y'all talked about the matchup with Oakland. I mean, you're looking at a team that probably dealt with just about as much adversity as the Saints this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with Henry Ruggs um, and his incident, and you know, just John Gruden getting fired. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that they dealt with. But they were able to sustain, um, which I thought was was very impressive. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, that win over the Chiefs is only a few weeks ago, and that was great game as well. That was a game changer. I think everybody saw the Bengals a bit differently after that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, that was. So big. If, if they play like that, then you know they'd beat anyone. Yeah. That's the thing with the Bengals. Though. The Bengals have been a quite an yep. inconsistent team at times. So they've yeah. had the games where they've been blowing teams out and then games where they obviously did. They lost to the Jets. They lost to the Jets. Yeah. Mm. All the good Titans teams All good Jets. teams lose to the <laughs> yeah, Jets. Yeah, I know, but still. So you have peaks and troughs, but I think that's just the sign of the, the age of the team being quite young and just that lack of experience to be consistent yet. So there's no reason why they can't get hot for four games in the playoffs. And I mean, if Joe Flacco can do it, then... There's no reason why the Bengals can't smash it. This is uh, true. Nice little shot of the Ravens there from a Steelers fan. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, Coming yeah. across the bow. Hey, Marlon, I know you're uh, you're sat outside uh, a school in a car, so I don't want to leave you uh, there too long because, you know, that gets weird if somebody's there for like two hours outside a, a school in a car. You go from the cool dad to the creepy dad. Really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um... 
but look, let's. Uh, you you mentioned that your uh, your young lad, and we've spoken about him before, uh, is playing at the moment. And I've seen you put some stuff up about his punting ability. That uh, you know, I'm no NFL scout or anything like that, but I know when there's three or so seconds of hang time, I've got a stopwatch on stuff, and he's able to get at least that at the moment. And uh, you need to tell us about the rugby as well, because we haven't touched on, Ooh, in on you oh, about yeah, the, uh, yeah. the rugby in Ooh, ages. Rugby so come on, give us give us a bit of a lowdown on both of those, man. Well, uh, I'll start with the rugby first. Um, I talked to the owner, Tim Falcon, yesterday to the NOLA Gold Rugby team. Um, I thought we were going to take us a nice little beautiful trip out to L.A., but they don't play L.A. this year. Um, <laughs> but, but he said, uh, we'll play them this year in the playoffs at home. So I was like, I, I, that, that'll be great. Um, and, and then also uh, with with the Nola Gold Rugby team, um, the additions to the, the the additions to the team and some of the guys that that that, that came back, uh, Carl Myers um, is someone who may get an opportunity to try out for the Saints. Um, uh, the oh, wow. GM Ryan Fitzgerald has been talking with Jeff Ireland. That almost uh, was a thing this past fall with the kicking carousel that the Saints have and. Carl actually works with Kentrell, so segue to Kentrell. Um, that's something that he wants to work on being a field goal kicker as well and the placeholder. Nice. But uh, I'm excited for him. I'm super proud of of him and, and what he was able to accomplish both on and off the field this year. Of course, stand on his butt academically. But uh, <laughs> going out oh. to the Coles camp, <laughs> yep, <laughs> we went to the Coles kicking camp uh, this past uh, this past winter. And he was able to place first place amongst uh, the, all the punters in that region, and that and that put him at thirty-five in the nation, which is a five-star. So, oh wow, yeah, wow. man, the blessing, awesome. man. Thank y'all so much. He's uh, we're getting ready to go to Grambling State University this this weekend for his first visit, and uh, we're gonna try to get some more visits in before or after signing day. But I'm excited for him. It's kind of the timing is off for all the kids this year with my company, Conquer Sports along with Kentrell, it's 11 other players that we're working with as well. And just our company is just helping them navigate the recruiting process, y'all, because it's wild over here mm-hmm. with the with the COVID, the NCAA is allowing um, extra years to the seniors. So a lot of scholarships aren't available. Plus, the rules oh. of the transfer portal has changed tremendously. So you can – you had Elias Ricks, basically our best player coming back next year, jumps into the portal – when LSU hires Brian Kelly, signs to Alabama out of the portal, signs a $1.1 million NIL deal. Mm. So it goes Ooh. right with the argument. That's what I'm saying. It's just – so the, the, the transfer portal and, and, and just the nature of what the pandemic did is, is just pairing high school recruiting up. So our company is just busting out there to help out the student athletes over there. Nice man, that's uh, that's good that's to know. Awesome. It's a it's a minefield as well for these young players with with the 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 way that transfers can change and also the the money coming into college sports for the individual athletes too. And uh, look, I tell you what, if your uh, if your son ever needs representation in the NFL, we know somebody <laughs> here on this podcast that is an NFL agent that would love to represent a kicker in the league. So, uh, you know, if he gets that far, give us a call. Hello, we'll, somebody. We'll, we'll hook you up with Whitney Holtzman, no problem. Man. No problem <laughs> at all. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it, baby. <laughs> I'll tell you what as well, Marlon, if you... If you get your son to combine his punting abilities down the way, if things go the right way, and your media savviness, then he could be the next Pat Mac- McAfee. So that's something <laughs> to think about. That's right. It, Pat, look, 
Pat had all like this. You know, me and Pat played together with the coach. He had like this fun. He was like, wow, look look at your son. So, yeah, I'm, um, I'm trying to tell him to hook us up, man. You know, come on, bro. Nice. <laughs> but that's cool. Marlon, man, always appreciate the time you give us, man, on this uh, on this podcast. And uh, look, if you're ever out in uh, Los Angeles over Super Bowl weekend, maybe give us a shout and we'll uh, try and grab some dinner or something like that, man. Sounds like a winner, brother. Hello, somebody. Cheers, Marlon. You're the man. Take care, buddy. Cheers, Marlon. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Marlon favorite. You can find him on Twitter at BigFave504. What a hero. Yeah, such a... That, that guy is awesome. He's full <laughs> of really, energy, yeah, isn't he? I really fun. liked him. He, he makes so me cool. like so excited about I don't know. Like he yeah. talking to Marlon, he's he's so excited seems so excited about life in a way that I've probably had for like five minutes total in my life. Like he's just like so full of it. Did you did you it's see wicked. his kid just sat in the back of the car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this so this is why I was like, we should not like drag this out of her going through all the games with him because I'm realizing he would have done it, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. You're outside of school and you've got your kid in the car and uh yeah we'll just we'll we'll wrap him up. It's all good. Um did he yeah. say what what position his kid plays at rugby? No he didn't say no. I'm assuming if he if he's a punter fly half maybe yeah it makes sense. Yeah it's cool though. It gives him a little dual life setup as well. You can, you know, try the NFL thing if that doesn't work. Oh, I just go to well, there's there's a lot of evidence, isn't there, that you should play because he, he's he's high school age, isn't he? So the more the more sports you play before you pick a certain one, is actually way the more beneficial. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's so many trans, so much transferable skills. I'm the, just going to uh, take a quick comfort break. Hang on a second. The exact conversation we had with Shane Vereen last week it was wasn't it actually yeah oh that must be why it was in my head yeah <laughs> you know i heard some people saying that if you yeah, play a lot of really sports, like, yeah that was people who clearly knew what they were they were talking about one informed person and then the yeah, rest yeah, of us yeah, just listening three idiots. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be it that'd be it i totally wasn't listening to that uh, this week to make sure that i was prepped on your content <laughs> uh let's talk about the other games then um i know dave's on his little comfort break but you can uh, dive in at any other point everybody's got on the 49ers they were lucky against Dallas in the end, though. This okay. The teams that have come on the up and up, right? In last week, the Bengals got away with it, so they still look great. But they did get away with it. The Raiders had a chance to get back into that. The Forty ers got away with blowing another lead, sixteen points in Dallas. Great to go to Dallas and get the victory. Dallas were the architects of their own downfall. Fourteen penalties that the fans are getting all bitchy and moany about. They're chucking stuff on the officials as they leave and all that sort of thing. Or was it chucking it on the coaches and the players? No, apparently they were directing it at the referees. Who said that? Dallas. Yeah, of course they're going to say. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come I on, just, I just let's, let's be, let's be serious lose. about this. If you're the 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 team media, you're not going to say, "Oh, the fans were pelting our players and coaches with whatever they could." You're not going to say that, are you? Well, I mean, if you're Dak Prescott, you're going to say good on him. So you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, for was it Demarcus? Com- was it Demarcus Lawrence going into the tunnel and he just like bats one away? And some joker in the comments uh, when I saw the clip of it was like, "Oh, it's the best play they made all game." <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Sorry, um, Ollie. What were you saying? No, no. But like the the Niners, everyone's really hot. I was, you know, big on the Niners beating Dallas. And I guess if you're a wins a win, it doesn't matter how you do it. I like them going into Green Bay if they play as well as they can. As long as they get, you know, Fred Warner, Joey Bosa back full That's health. Big. That's important. 
100%. And Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't need to throw because now he's got a sprained shoulder as well as the bits of bone floating around in his thumb. If you're putting that game in Garoppolo's hands, the Niners aren't winning it. It has to be a savage run game against Green Bay. And they are susceptible against the run, but it has to be that yeah. in the cold of Lambeau. Yeah, but I mean, they won't be giving yeah. it in Jimmy G's hands, like you said. Like you said there, they're susceptible to it because since that game, they ran... For 150 yards in the NFC Championship game, the 49ers with the Packers, untouched. Since then, there's been no upgrades at middle linebacker and there's been no upgrades in the middle of the D-line. So how are they going to stop it? They're not going to stop it. It's going to be the exact same thing. Sorry, no, their, their D is very streaky as well. So if you if you come up with a few big runs, you'll put them on the back foot. I think yeah. I think um, I took the the spread on the 49ers because it's plus five. I think, I think again, a field goal maybe. I think because uh, Green Bay sometimes play down to their opponents. So I think it could they be quite do. close, but I think yeah. Green Bay will win. Yeah, I've got Green Bay to win. It's the kind of game that could get scary for them, though. Real scary. Because you think of it, yeah. the way you want to try and limit an offense that's going to score lots of points. You're going to try and stop, stop the Bengals. You're trying to stop the Chiefs, the Bills, the Packers, the Bucks to some extent. You're going to run the ball and you're going to chew the clock. And Mike Shanahan, not Mike Shanahan, Carl Shanahan, wrong Shanahan, um, his running scheme, obviously made by his dad, Mike Shanahan, puts any running back and gives them monstrous yards because yes, of the way they scheme insane, it. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. It's mm. like a running back production facility. And given, like I said, the Packers have not improved their interior and their run stop in, on the defense. There's no reason why you wouldn't just hand the ball off and grind the clock out and have drives that go for seven, for eight minutes. Stop Aaron Rodgers being on the field. thing is, Green Bay can do that as well. They can, but the 49ers defensive line is very good at stopping the run. It is, but their secondary is their same thing. Yeah, but their secondary is not great. You know, you can't tell me that Devontae Adams couldn't just light it up. Oh, no, and get no, no, no one's going to sit here and 120 yards. No, he could. But then, but then outside of that, I don't trust Alan Lazard to get enough to be yeah. relevant. Well, Randall yeah. Same with coming back and Valdez Scantling, if he can be fit as well. So, so Valdez actually... Scantling is a, is he, I will run a streak and I will drop the ball. That's what he is. <laughs> Randall Cobb is not. Randall Cobb is a good receiver. Yeah, sure. It's, it's interesting looking back at the stats for Garoppolo because even though he finished the season well, he threw five inceptions in the last three games, including that Dallas game. So that Green Bay team does get quite a few interceptions. I think they're top five or six. I they think Joe Alexander's back as well this weekend. Which yeah. Be they're, like, they're like plus 13 so, in turnovers this year in the oh, turnover wow. differential. Yeah. Yeah, they well, were they helps they were just behind. thrown like zero deceptions. Oh yeah, yeah, he's been super accurate. Unvaccinated yeah. QB, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, they're like one of the best teams left, Green Bay, in terms of that differential in the turnover game, and that's enough to win you most games. Can you limit your turnovers, and can you get a couple off the opposition? I think they can do that. Like Garoppolo's going to throw at least 10 passes and one of those might be a bit in a bad spot <laughs> didn't he only throw about 10 passes though in that championship uh, game against green bay 
That would be fine. Two years ago. Yeah, that would be the over-under, wouldn't it? Again, if you're running for 150 yards untouched, you don't need to throw the ball. Why throw the ball? It was a a silly, small amount for a championship game. It's like the fewest fewest in a championship game, I'm sure. Leave that with me. I I agree with Jazz. If if, if, uh, the 49ers run the ball effectively, that game gets really close. Yeah. And I could... And I could see the, the 49ers sneaking it like right at the end, but I still think Green Bay have got too much. Uh, they're the more complete team, and Aaron yeah. Rodgers is just dynamite. He's playing year. brilliantly. Yeah. Again, mm. though, I just think that Despite as a, as a kryptonite pots. kind of thing, <laughs> as soon as the, the, the 49ers snuck into the playoffs with uh, the Rams choking, I said to myself that they're going to beat the Cowboys without question, and they did. And I said, they have to go to Green Bay and they're probably going to beat Green Bay and go to the NFC Championship game. And then I think they come up against old Tommy Boy and Tommy Boy wins. Okay, well, look. Yeah, we've just don't want the, that. We've done, the, that. we've done the Saturday games. The Sunday game, the early one, is the Rams against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think the LA Rams are going to win that game. In Ditto. Completely agree. I really right. hope so. Because yeah. you look at the way the Eagles defense got pressure on Tom Brady and that that's a good defense and it's a defense that's played well in the back end of the year in particular and they're good at getting it. Like the one thing that's okay about the Eagles defense really is the, the pressure they can get up front. Um, Without blitzing as well. Like, yeah, support- like their D-line is savage. and Absolutely savage. And at the moment, Tampa have on the injury block starting left tackle and starting center, which is not good if you're right taking tackle. on... Uh, right tackle, Just to else's right tackle. And uh, starting centre. Now, if you've got that LA Rams defence coming at you that played last weekend, Brady's getting smothered. And again, just to bring it on these kind of little running notes through it, this is a Rams team that Brady did the brutal efficiency of defeating in the Super Bowl, what, three, four years ago. So this this is another good revenge game for Sean McVay and the guys that were in that Super Bowl loss to the New England Patriots. This is one that they would all love to beat Brady on the way to getting that. Well, they Super beat them Bowl. earlier in the year. Yeah. So this but, is a revenge game for Tampa to right the wrong of losing to the Rams. Except this is a Tampa team that is banged up. It, you know, there hasn't been positive press about Tampa Bay in a while. Now, Fournette and Jones look like they're still going to be kind of game-time calls, I think, was the last thing I read on them. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn looked pretty good. Yeah, against the Eagles. I mean, that defense was just so Wait, tired. We've just been talking about how good the defensive line is. Yeah, but that, that's only oh, one sorry, element. That's the, one so element. The trouble, <laughs> what we're doing Jazz, here, guys. Jazz, what we're doing. The, the trouble is, is that it's that defense was just so run down after being on the field for 90% of it because Jalen Hurts couldn't stay on the field for more than two fucking passes. What was, their, what was the Bucks' average drive time in that game? Does anybody know? No, not off the top no. of my dome. But it's I, it's got to be like eight or nine minutes, I'd imagine. If they're, if Because to really where, the, when you get to that amount of time, the defense doesn't matter how good they are, they're just going to be gassed. So Fournette was back participating in practice today. Cyril Grayson is still questionable with his hamstring injury. Rashad Perryman is questionable and didn't practice on Wednesday. You've got Gio Bernard, who was limited in went on Wednesday. Ronald Jones didn't take part in practice yesterday. Like there are a lot of pieces there that, you know, Sean Murphy Bunting's still questionable. Um, Levante David is still questionable for Tampa. There's just enough pieces that this Rams team, again, like I was saying with uh, the Titans getting pieces back together at the right time, like getting Cam Akers back, to have a more mm. even offense. Yeah. He's going to do nothing this week. Stafford. He's against the number one run defense. He's going to do nothing this week. I don't know, man. 
He's actually he's it he makes, was strong before he got injured. He was really strong in the passing game as well. So not, I could imagine him taking some. Vita Vea is going to swallow him up. It's not just going to Pac-Man him. It's not. It's going to be going around. Like, it comes a little efficient, but it's, bang. it's using it to keep the offense, uh, to keep the defense honest, to open up even more the likes of Higby and Cooper Cup. Yeah, it's um. So do the and, three and of OB, you all think OBJ, the Rams are going to win? OBJ was awesome as well in that game against that. Yeah, yeah, I think the Rams are going to win. If they, you, if would you all three of you like to put a side bet on this game? Yes, no, I will. I'm good. So Prince, five pounds. Yeah, Dave. I don't really like losing more money to you at this point. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, leave back. It. I'll sit this one out. Ollie? No, no, I told you I'm not I'm not doing these individual these, side bets. These these little cowards have got no no. Are you just no are, are you are you following beliefs. are you following the line, Jazz, that betting against Tom Brady is just foolish at this point? You don't bet against January Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean oh, it is I'll funny. Take we that talk bet. ourselves into all these. Prince, you got a deal, five pounds, my friend. Yeah, five pounds, five pounds, yeah. Uh, and then the last one on the Sunday uh, to finish it off the Bills against the Chiefs. Bills best, start also a banger the, of a game. If the Bills best start game, fast and the game. Chiefs start slow again, this could be. Oh, you think best game? I think Bucks Rams is probably best game. No, this is the best one. No, I, I'd go Bucks Rams. Sam I'm Frank, more invested. I'm more invested. I'm in more invested. Rams. Well, now I'm even more invested in the Bucks Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because I'll actually watch that one. I won't stay up and watch the Chiefs live. So no, it's too late. The, isn't it? I hope the Rams game is the is the daddy. Uh, the Chiefs only starts at 11.30 p.m., so it will finish about half two. That's Holy. three hours past day's bedtime. We're keeping them from sleep right now. Outrageous. <laughs> the idea of staying, I have no idea how I'm going to survive the Super Bowl. I think it's going to come to a point in a couple of years where I just don't watch another Super Bowl live. Because oh, of the dog. It, uh, or I have to go there. You have to get me a press pass, Ollie, and I have to be at the game hey, in America at a normal time to watch we've, it. We've just had a message come through that if... Uh, Basically, talks will have to confirm that everybody is triple vaccinated, because if one person isn't triple oh. vaccinated, everybody loses their press pass. Oh shit! <laughs> have you had the booster? Yeah, yeah, I had it just before Christmas. But yeah, it's just wild. There's, there's no smuggling jazz into this year's Super Bowl. <laughs> Not a chance. Oh, I haven't, I haven't had the booster. Uh, I don't intend to get it either, unless they make me get it. You oh, can't yeah. anyway, mate. You're not gonna be able to have it for six months at least, because you. Well, I don't want to get it ever. <laughs> I got, I got really sick from the booster. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> really sick. I already uh, had it. But yeah, so Buffalo, Kansas City. If Buffalo start fast. Kansas have started slowly, continually in the playoffs, but I think this might be an offense that if Buffalo start fast, they can give themselves enough of a lead that Kansas can't get back at them. We said that when the Texans went 21 0 up against the Chiefs and then the Chiefs smashed them like 56. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, slightly different very proposition. Different though. The, yeah. the Bills are number one defense in like every category apart from like turnovers. They yeah, just say they can get a big enough lead. Don't know. I don't, I don't think with. Mahomes and the Chiefs, there's really, even though they haven't played as well as they normally do this year, they've yeah. still played well. But because because they're, they're also a slower offense, you know, they're the most in 10 plus play drives, I think, in the NFL, or, or they were in going into the final week of the regular season. Because they're a slower offense as well this year, because everybody's covering, if you get out to that big, impressive lead, 21 point lead in that game, which Buffalo could if the Chiefs start slowly, yeah. then. The Chiefs might have to take more time to eat into that, and that requires you then really to shut down Buffalo, you know, on three, four straight drives in a row, which I don't 
see happening if the Buffalo team comes out with that same intensity that they did against the Patriots? Uh, I'm already talking myself out of my bet, which is for the Chiefs. <laughs> I, I've literally, I've been, I've been like, I've been going back and forward on this for like all week. I was supposed to send Ollie my bets a few days ago, and I've just been looking at it on and off since then. I just can't get my head around this game where it's going to go. I, I, in the end, I was like, Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback, despite how well Josh Allen's playing. If you're in doubt, just go with the better quarterback. I was like, that'll do. <laughs> I'm done. It's such a tight game. I hope it's like as legit as we're bigging it up to be. Well, I think, I hope it's not, but this is this has all the makings of being a complete flop. Like two high-powered offense, loads of expectation. Yeah. Should be a really exciting game. And then we end up with 6-3. Yeah, like a really weak ejaculation. Which would suck. Josh, yeah, yeah. Josh Allen totally. does a 2019 against the Texans repeat. Just capitulates Kyler Murray-esque last week. Just nothing to be seen. Goes regresses completely, and that Bills defense keeps the minute just dragging on mm. against Kansas. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. And he's always got turnovers in him, so you couldn't you couldn't rule it out. I, it feels out. it feels as well a little bit like like England beating New Zealand in the last Rugby World Cup. Like, yeah, did they, yeah, did they blow their load a little bit, beating up on the Patriots that badly? Like, are they a little, are they going to go into this game being a little bit like, I don't know. I don't think so. Half full. Do you know what I mean? Because Is their not, belly half full jazz? That's not a good in? analogy on just on the basis of the, if you base it on that rugby analogy, New Zealand are the best team of all time ever. And... Beating them in the World Cup usually means you win the tournament. Or does it? No, it doesn't mean you... Usually if you beat New Zealand, you don't win the tournament. That's the, the way it goes back through New history. Zealand are the MVP tro- uh, victory then. If you yeah. if you get the MVP, you don't win the Super Bowl. If you That's it. There Zealand, you go. Yeah. You they, yeah. Yes, Ollie. Yes, you but listen I, to I, me. I just mean in you listen terms to of, me. I love it. But I, I mean in terms of performance, though. No, I know. But I'm so getting the, the Patriots right, aren't so. good enough, and they weren't good enough during the season. They were lucky yeah. to beat Buffalo because the weather was bad. Sure. Buffalo were a far superior team. Yeah. They know that. They smashed them all over. I yeah. don't think that that's a game where you feel yourself thinking, oh, we've beat the Patriots. Be like, we beat okay. these bums. Then yeah. why were they even here? I yeah. think, that's why I'd be saying the locker room. Yeah, I think what fair. Dave's saying is that it was such a complete performance. Like, because it was like, and I fully agree. Yeah. The Patriots did not deserve to be in the playoffs. They were, they had a, a, a spoon fed schedule, <laughs> but I could, I could see what Stumps is saying in that, that to ha- play at that higher level, particularly someone like Josh Allen, who is, can be a bit up and down. Can you repeat that back to back? But if that's he's a very fair a, point, if yeah. he's going to win a Super Bowl, he's going to have to, I've taken the, I've taken the spread on the Bills because I think they'll either win or it'll be very close. What's the spread? Like 1.5. No, 1.5. I got it on Sky Sports. Wait, less than that. That feels like a waste of a When did you get that? Spread, yeah. but, yeah. About about five, ten. Well, when we, when we sat down to record. Okay. I got I got two about half an hour before we recorded. So. All right. Prince, give us your give us your 14 bet then for. Right. So I've got Titan, Money Line Titans. Um, then I've got... I like that you're you... backing your team there, by the way. Yeah, yeah you've got to you do it. You've got to do it. You can't not. <laughs> um, well, you can. You could definitely not back the Eagles last week. That was a very easy one to do, to be honest. <laughs> I would have probably pushed out and like taken the over or something. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which actually, I think I did on that game. And I was four or five points short. So oh. that's, you should always back your team. Um, Niners, plus five. LA, yeah. uh, plus 2.5. 
And Bills plus 1.5. What's that give you? Terrible odds of 10.01, I believe. 10.18. Well, they'll be, <laughs> be better looking odds when you're £10 richer. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. When in doubt, Jazz, spread them out. What have you got then, Dave? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I got Titans, Rams, Chiefs, and 49ers. I got five and a half on my spread. Well, you, but, you couldn't have uh, said that yeah. better with any more enthusiasm if you tried. I just, yeah, I'm yeah. just, I'm, <laughs> I'm so annoyed about last week. I, it's, it's, it's sticking in my craw. And I just, these games are such coin flips. Oh man, it's tough. So I've got 11 pounds, 82 from a one pound bet. And Wilson, what you got? Uh, I'm taking the Niners to win in Lambo because oh. I don't want to go to Lambo next week. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I also don't because I'm suddenly thinking about how cold it'd be. Uh, I'm taking the Rams to beat the Bucks. I am taking the Chiefs to beat the Bills. And yeah, I'm taking okay. the Bengals to beat the Titans. So I've got 30, oh. 30 to 1 on that. That's nice. That's boosted your odds quite a lot. Oosh. Yeah, taking the Niners and the couple, Bengals. A couple of yeah, underdogs. Yeah. All right. All right. Three, three I underdogs. too have taken some underdogs. All four? Yep. <laughs> I, thought you... I did take the Rams plus three rather than the money line. But I've taken oh, okay. the Niners, Bills, Bengals, and plus three on the Rams. What have you got? And that got me just shy of 30 to 1. Not bad. Nice. Okay. I mean, I don't think anybody's that much of an underdog this week. See, that's why the mm. the spread the of the forty niners are the closest ones, aren't they, to being a really big underdog? Well, I know, but I think it's closer than that. That's why that point spread just looked good to me. So it looks like they were underdogs last week, and everybody was like, "Yeah, definitely take that." Yeah. Like, have you never seen the Cardinals oh. game? Was the only outcome I got wrong. If I believed the Rams, I would have had all six yeah, games yeah, correct yeah. in terms of outcome, but spread and bets yeah what was the horrific. spread last week with the cowboys it was something similar and we were all like fuck you <laughs> like yeah. we're taking the 49ers all day in that well i had the it money was a line tight game but yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah, I I, I, well, yeah it's obviously after the fact you can say you knew they were going to win but i'm sure i would have said repeatedly on this podcast last week the like 49ers the are going to win i think i think we all did yeah can we can we, we just listen did. uh i completely forgot to do this at the very beginning um, oh, graves richard graves cowboys fan nfl network uk reporter <laughs> His uh, hater his, of Scotch eggs. His his two cents, or well, I think it's about two minutes uh, talking about the Cowboys, and he's being very kind of good about it, and he's doing it in quite a professional manner. But you can hear yeah, the pain in his voice. Dying inside. Well, where do you start with summing up this game? I suppose you could say it's becoming a typically Cowboys way to exit the Can't postseason, from Romo's fumbled hold in Seattle in two thousand and six. To the Des Bryant catch or non-catch in Green Bay Producer in 2014, problems. and now in scoring range, finding a way to let the clock expire with no timeouts. <sighs> Look, the Dallas Cowboys came into this game with the number one ranked total offense in the NFL. They were the number one ranked scoring offense in the NFL this season. But regular viewers of the Cowboys will tell you they've had a few issues. Fine against NFC East opponents. They put lots of points on the board. But when they've come up against well-organized, good teams, this offense has coughed, it's spluttered. Frankly, it has struggled. And we saw that again on Sunday night against the 49ers. It wasn't until the second quarter that they even managed to get into 49ers territory, let alone put points on the board. And yet somehow, despite all the penalties they racked up, 
They found themselves in possession of the ball, final drive of the game, down by six, a chance to go and win it and progress in the postseason. And here you are with 14 seconds left on the clock, no timeouts, and you're on the 49ers 40-yard line. You're within scoring range. This isn't just on Dak Prescott, the way it finished. It's on the coaching staff as well. Kellen Moore, supposedly in line to be a head coach, maybe in the not-too-distant future. His play calling has got to be questioned. The role of head coach Mike McCarthy certainly has to be questioned. But if you're going to call a quarterback draw instead of taking a shot at the end zone, you've got to be aware of the game situation and you've got to be aware of the game clock. That means that if you are going to run the ball, you've got to get down after 10 yards to give yourself time to reset, spike the ball and give yourself that one shot at winning the game. Dak Prescott clearly wasn't because he ran between 15 and 17 yards. He made no attempt to hand the ball directly to the official, instead placing it, giving it to his centre. And that all took up vital time. Ultimately, it meant the game clock expired, and with it went the Cowboys' chances. Wow, wow. Game Completely over. right. Wow, wow, wow. That was the most ridiculous thing ever. By the if way, you know... McCarthy, just, just to interject, Jazz, I'll let you get on. Um, McCarthy blamed the referees for that and the spotting of the ball for doing their job which is yeah. outrageous for doing the same Carry job on. they've always done now granted that there is that still of the the back judge or whoever it is at the back having to run really fast to come and get the ball and didn't really run very fast because he's not an athlete well and but you should account no for that in your head when you no call the play to do Dak a creepy run like that it depend on the referees spotting the no. ball like in record time give me a break I he's paid, he's paid to be a head coach to manage the game and that no accountability game also the, the the offensive line okay. and dak get in the way of the official even getting to the ball yes like, if they create the space <laughs> of like oh yeah he has to touch it, I love it when professional athletes don't know the rules because it's like the game they've played all their lives, but there's still, particularly in a sport like American football, some like finickety rule that you just take for granted. Nobody's ever really brought up the fact that the official has to spot the ball. You just see it happen. Yeah, and then yeah, suddenly right. it happens yeah. in this way and everybody's like, even the players are like, what are you doing? We're trying to play the game. It's like, we have to show you where it starts from. You can't Yeah, you decide. guys don't get to decide where the fucking ball gets put down. <laughs> like, there's a reason for that because you're all going to move it by a few inches or whatever, right? Like, yeah. this, oh man. That, that was a great wrap up from Graves. It's like, as a fan, like, you know, nobody here is a fan of the Cowboys, but as a fan, like, who's experienced some heartbreaking stuff it's like i can kind of like i feel for cowboys fans because that was a rough finish to their season which has showed a lot of promise some of those fans in the stands was hilarious though like for like five minutes left the game was quite close there's this woman in a white like dallas top just literally sobbing her eyes out and i'm not one to take happiness and enjoyment yeah, of that but yeah, i you really are. like that. that is that is that's a weak soul like come on there was four minutes left the game wasn't even finished i cry at the end when you watch dak run the uh, clock out don't that even cry stupid. so it's a wild card game like give me a break also like the you cowboys know? weren't the best team in the nfl like they were better than they've been yeah they would have got waxed if they not, got through. let's yeah, face they facts got murdered. the cowboys are trash and the trash because they had to play their starters against the eagles to try and create some momentum in their offense because they haven't done it all year the fact they had to do that granted sure they blew the eagles out but not really until the third qu- quarter started are the dallas cowboys a bit like psg in french football 
in that they're in the NFC East and they've played the last few years against these <laughs> garbage teams. So they've got six potentially... Marseille and Leon. Should, yeah, it should be like six wins under their belt. But when they get to Champions League football, a.k.a. when it matters, a.k.a. the playoffs, they're not battle-hardened and tested. young money Bugatti. <laughs> New money. I just, I just think that they're like a team of stars. You know, their Pro Bowl nods is, I would probably think, is in the top like five of any team this year is that fair like how many pro bowlers did they but surely have? they're it only, was a lot but stubs surely they're only getting pro bowl nods because they play for the cowboys a little bit of that um a little bit it's why the odds would have been so skewed uh, skewed in the in the cowboys yeah. favor with the bettings is because they're the cowboys and they're still riding that wave and all the all the work jerry did marketing them yeah. in the 90s they're they're constantly an overrated team Oh, 100%. And, and lots of the people will have going to the uh, Pro Bowl yeah. or their so, stars, for example. Ezekiel Elliott, as we've all said, is finished. He's he's done. He's yeah, he's, he's yeah. finished. Amari Cooper is one of the most inconsistent receivers in the league. Remember a few years, uh, two years ago, when at home he had like 1,000 yards or 1,100 yards, and away from home he had 208 games or something stupid like that. So he's very inconsistent. CeeDee Lamb was anonymous at the weekend because they completely took him out of the game. Dak Prescott, sure, he looks pretty good, but is he worth as much money as they have for having to pay him? I don't know. And how is that going to affect their ability to create the team around him well, quite the next clearly, few years? He's, I mean, Dak, the finger of blame, I know you can point at Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy as well. Game management said it last week, going into that game for Dallas is a huge problem. And we say it every week for the Chargers too, they don't listen to us. But yeah, I know, it's weird. It's so weird. Although, it's I almost think- like no one's listening to us. <laughs> That would also be true. Um, but yeah, it's it's more that Dak has to know that situation as well. Right? Like, he has to... You'd expect so. Be yeah, aware for a franchise QB, that it's going to take that, yeah. this long. For a person who's been playing money. that game since he's maybe four or five, you'd think you'd know the rules. Mm. But apparently not. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. no, no skill position players from the Dallas Cowboys I... are going to the Pro Bowl, by the way. Yeah. Sorry? No skill position players from the Dallas Cowboys going to the No, you're right. It's but they'll have Mika Parsons and, and Trevon Diggs. Tyron, Tyron Smith, Trevon Diggs, Brian Mika Parsons, Zach Martin. And then you've got Zach yeah, Martin. Yeah. Diggs, so Zach Martin, Parsons, to yeah. me, is one of the best guards in football, but I don't think he had that great a year. Tyron Smith got abused at the weekend by Nick Bosa. So One of the plays he got thrown around. So Graves ended up ringing me uh, at like 10 past one that Sunday evening. Oh yeah, because he was he was wanting to know what was going on in the Steelers game while he was driving home, um, and he was and I was he just ended up venting quite a bit. <laughs> so he's he's in the camp of Kellen Moore isn't a head coach. He's not a good enough play caller at this point. Mike McCarthy uh, has also got problems as well. Zeke, aside from just his weight, he looks like a round ball. Yeah, yeah, he has real just issues. He has put some beef on. He's the guy he that puts Packers. a mask on, and you can't tell. <laughs> can't like, tell where neck, where shoulders, and, and head start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it's not a good. Look. As a larger gentleman, that's not a good look. Yeah, um, he's a grow- if he grows a beard, he saves himself, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the key to all this. Yeah. Beard's the way forward. But he also said that the offensive line that was once filled with you know these first first round draft picks and everything like that is now one of the more underperforming offensive lines in the NFL, yeah. and they're just riding a wave of 
basically the hype of the last three, four years of, oh, the, the Dallas Cowboys have got a great offensive line. Look at all the picks that they've used to, to build it up. And actually it's like, yeah, but they do let guys through quite a lot. They don't open up the rushing game as much as they could do or as they used to, you know, five years ago when Romo was QBing them. But when they had Travis Frederick was the biggest loss to that O-line. Their Pro Bowl center was there for seven years and didn't really miss many games. Mm. We all know that the person in charge of trying to call the protections and helping the QB do that is the center. If you have one of the best centers in football, it makes the rest of your line better instantly because you've got better awareness and better scheming. Not saying the current center is not very good, but he's not Travis Frederick. And Tyron Smith now is older than he was in those heydays of look at this offensive line. And granted, mm. the reason why they had to dismantle it a little bit is because you can't pay all these people as much as you want to. Yeah. And it also with Dak getting the money he's got, who else is not going to get money? Is CD Lamb going to get paid? Michael Gallup won't come back next year because one of his injury, he's a free agent, and they're not going to have enough money to pay him either. And then when Trevon Diggs and Mika Parsons come up for their contracts, can they afford them? Yeah. It becomes and is is that's why Lamb, team building is so difficult. Is CD Lamb a Jefferson? No, I would argue like no. Yeah, but is so, like, Lamb how, also how are you going to pay him? That's going to be a tough contract to sort out. Is he restricted he though by this, Dallas, by this Dallas offense? He was targeted once or twice in that game. But that's because you're taking out the game by the 49ers. You're not going to throw to a not open receiver, are you? Uh, I mean. Stranger things have happened in the NFL world. Quarterback decision making. I mean, if you, if you there are the, times when things you look do at get the strange. Number, like when Nick Foles throwing to throw to triple coverage the, in the back the of the end zone, but Corey Clement somehow catches it. That's that, a weird thing. In that Bucks game that Jalen Hurts threw into double and triple coverage, that guarantees that there's an open receiver somewhere else. Yeah, and yet he was like, "Nah, nah, nah. I'll beat two or three. Don't worry about it." So it definitely does happen on a consistent basis with some people. That's all I'm saying. But yeah. Speaking of consistency uh, with some people, and also we mentioned the Eagles just then, I thought I'd just throw this one out too. Did you see uh, Harry Roseman came out today and said that we expected more from Jalen Rager? Yeah, no shit. That was like the nail in the coffin, that fumble. Yeah, he's, he's gone. Yeah. He'd be lucky to be in the Eagles gone. next year. Or a team, it seems. Yeah. Oh, he'll get another chance somewhere else. But yeah, I don't think he'll be an Eagle. I really? don't think he will get the money that he wants to potentially probably get considering how high he was taken in the draft. Like he's gonna yeah, have we're to lower. still it's still his rookie deal, isn't he? So it'll still be fourth year next year. So Yeah, but I I don't see Philadelphia sk- third year. Philly aren't gonna stick with him, I don't think. Third year next year, isn't it? Philly aren't gonna stick with him, yeah. Yeah. That's that's saying something if you get rid of a first round pick after two years. That is sad. Yeah. But that was Can I can I get you guys to just give me I just want to note down what scores you think quickly for, for the games this weekend. I want to see if someone can get a score right because it's so hard to do can you give me this quickly the scores for each game go on prince so so for for titans we go one game at a time so start yeah yeah yeah, so so titans bengals 2017 titans okay ollie 28 21 bengals 31 28 bengals Ooh, going big boy. 31-28, you say? Yeah, I see four TDs and one field goal to win it at the end. Does Friends. he celebrate and before I've it's got, gone through? I've got 27-24 Titans. Okay. All right, all right. Okay. Prince, start us off with the uh, the Niners the, game. Yeah, I'm thinking about this one. <laughs> tough. So, so... So tough. I'm going to go 24-21 Green Bay. 
24-21 Green Bay. Prince, yeah. I need to check what the over is. Sorry, one second. You go, Ollie. 21-17 San Francisco. I'm going to go 25-17 San Francisco. Wow, right, okay. We've got San Fran to win. This is going to be a huge scalp for them if they get it. If that happens, I will be be again here next week saying the exact same thing. (laughs) I told you so. Well, I'll I just get Bayless. Didn't we all bet on the 49ers though? So No, I went Green Bay. I've yeah, got, but I was, I I was I've, I've got the sp- I've got the spreads. Um, but as a winner, I'm gonna say green. I'm gonna say I'm gonna flip what you said, Ollie. I'm gonna go 21 17 Green Bay. AA Ron throws three. Lazard, Scantling, and one for you know, it was fun last week, just before we carry on with these things. I was doing the uh, the bet builder bets. Like you have like, is he going to have receiving yards, touchdowns yeah, for yeah. two of the games last week? I didn't do very well, but it was just fun. Made the game more interesting. Cool. Just as a little aside. That's a good uh, yeah, story last the games. week. Prince, Bucks, Rams. <laughs> so Bucks, Rams, I'm going 31-24 Rams. Okay. I think I think the Rams maintain that momentum and absolutely stuff uh, battered Bucks team. Brady will That'd score at nice, least three nice touchdowns. Result, I, I, Brady will get three touchdowns though. Like it won't be, it won't be a complete schlacking. I'm okay. going 28-25. Oh, Jazz. Bucks. 28-25. Bucks. 27-24, actually. Then 27-24 is a better our, our chance of getting those numbers. 27-24. Okay, all right. Keep them with that. Jazzy. Ollie, uh, what you got? 27-17 Rams. Oh, Cooper Cup scores three touchdowns. <laughs> right, he does. <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, okay, okay. Give me a side one. What is how many yards does Cooper Cup get, and how many touchdowns does he get? And I'll note that down. Just you, Ollie. I don't care about these other chomos. <laughs> Rude. Cup gets two TDs. That's his boy. Two TDs. The under TDs. over on Cup is a hundred point five yards. Oof. Wow. I would I'm take bad. the under I'm... on that. I'm betting over on that right now. But only because what are you saying, Ollie? Like it took him two a while. touchdowns, but you're going 95 yards. 84 or yards. 84. Yeah. But he gets two touchdowns. That's legit. Okay. Yeah, that's his. Ins- I mean, he gets hit in the red zone a lot. I mean, he's just so good on that little quick drag out. It gets yeah. If you want to put that uh, put that bet on Ollie, you can get odds of. You're taking the under or the over on the yards. Under. Under 84. No, you can't combine oh. them. How annoying. Oh, well. You can combine them actually when you get to the game. All right. Uh, last. Oh, no. Chiefs. Dave, you need to give us what your score prediction was for that Rams box game. Oh, sorry. God, I didn't come up with one for that. So hard. I've got the Rams to win. So I've got to back that. Oh, man. Okay. I'll flip what Jazz said 27 24. That looks good to me. 27 24 Rams. It's going to go down to a field goal. Nice. I could see that game going to overtime, by the way. That's the one that might go to overtime for me, which would be class. I would like 16 to 1 Cooper Cup for that bet, by the way. Ooh, okay. that's not bad. Um, okay, and then Chiefs, Chiefs. Bills, Prince. Oh. Right, I'm going to stick with my my gut instinct. I'm going to say 14-10 Bills. I think it's going to be just. I think it's going to be far lower scoring. Than that this. would be so, so wrong. 14-10. No games. 
yeah, I, it just feels like this whole season has been like that. I think it's gonna. It's got all the all the makings of a complete disappointment. Do you think there's going to be an outbreak of COVID on both offenses? No, I just think. Just like, no, I'm not. I, I'm not confident enough to put a five pound bet on that one. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say that my score for that game is more like forty five, thirty eight. I hope Whoa. it's that. I hope. So, it's that. do you want to put a bet on that? It'll be over. So you said. 14 10, didn't you? Yeah, 14 10. So, well, you think there's 24 points in it. I think there's about 90 points in it. How about we do an under over at 45 50? So, if I if it's over 50, I win. Under 50, you win. Five pounds. Five pounds. Yeah, done. Deal. So, I like, so yeah, we one of us hope we're either going to be paying each other five pounds or, or one somebody, of us pays 10. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Oh, no one pays anything because they cancel out. Is that yeah. what your, your score prediction is? 45 38. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking big. I'm thinking like college football big. I'd love it if it was that, but this is all the makings of being a complete disappointment. I'm sorry, who you got to win there, Jazzy? Bills. Oh, I didn't even say, did I? Bills. Let's go, Bills. Okay, that's fun. I'm into that. The Chiefs' slow offense means it's only going to be nine drives, and every single drive is going to be a touchdown. It's going to finish 35 28 to the Chiefs. 35 28 to the Chiefs. And then this one I've got 33-30 to the Chiefs. Real tight game. Chiefs by three. Dave. I want Matt Stafford to fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uncanny how he says that every week. Yeah. Especially now after he had a good game in the playoffs last week as well. It's... I've got the Rams to win, baby. Come on. Don't, yeah, I know. And it's weird. Up. Yeah. You, you want him to, like, you, you'd rather that Stafford had a Mac Jones in Buffalo in the regular season kind of game. You know, three passes, two completions, and then Akers and uh, Sony Michelle just running just it all take over. Yeah. Yes. What was our other five pound bet? <laughs> It's not a good sign that I've already. It was the Rams and Bucks, so I've written down my phone. So if the Rams win, you win five pounds. You're the the Antonio Brown of podcast betting. You're just keeping receipts and going to show them afterwards, aren't you? (laughs) I got them written down already. Don't you worry. I'm not going to forget. I'll be impressed, Jazz. I managed to sit that out. Yeah, I thought you were going to take that one, Dave. Prince is your new Patsy now. (laughs) 